morning, everyone. I'm pretty excited about life this morning. Had a, a great Friday night passing that around. Uh, had a great Friday night with a bunch of folks from the Eugene Springfield area. Um, got your sixth dinner was uh, really well attended. And uh, it was exciting to see people really moved by the the stories of our local law enforcement officers and the things that they've gone through. Uh, watching their faces um, as the uh, officers are presenting. You know, we can't know what those good men and women go through. I mean, you just can't. And uh, so when you hear their stories, in a small way, they open the window for what uh, really their life is like and what the lives of their wives are like and what the lives of their children are like. And so um, we really do need to be mindful of that. Honestly, I've taken that on kind of as a, a, a either a right arm or a left arm ministry. And uh, I really enjoy working with officers. They're, uh, they're really good people. And I have found that many of them have a faith. Uh, the communication by all four of the officers, trooper and deputy, you could tell they had a faith and they, they want to really help people even though uh, even those they, they take into custody. Had a really great story about an Oregon State trooper that uh, uh, said that he would speak life into those people he would arrest uh, by encouraging them to realize this is a mistake and you can change and you can decide and become whoever you want to become. And that's a pretty cool thing. I know Jeff Jeff uh, did that. Uh, you know, there, and I know Brian's done that. You have a captive audience in the back of your squad car. And so you can speak life into their lives. And uh, so anyway, it's a, it's a really awesome thing. So if you haven't been able to go to one of those, just really super special people, great presentations. And, and we're kind of getting the kinks figured out. Trudy's has got it running like a smooth machine, and uh, it's just really a great, great time. So I appreciate all of those of you have gone and, and been an encouragement to me, but also to the officers, even more important. So, But I got a bunch of stuff here. I got some really great notes of encouragement. And uh, thank you, Braxton. I always appreciate you jumping up here. Uh, here we go. Thank you, Ken, for continuing to serve the body here at Pleasant Hill as one of the Blue Jean Angels Squadron. Now something's been added to that. Man, you're, yeah. you're flying high in service of the Lord, right? Uh, you are always flying around helping the church body, both collectively like yesterday and individually when anybody has a need. Let's give it up to Ken. We appreciate him. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, I got more. Bill, your, your passion, fire, and sacrificial dedication to God, family, and country are unparalleled and, uh, uh, and breathe new hope into discouraged soldiers. Uh, you never stop going and you're on your war, on the war on apathy is winning over souls near and far. The, we've got your sixth dinner was super encouraging. And a great reminder, we still have a country, state, and community worth saving. And I can say amen to that one. Let's never give up. Uh, thanks to Tanya Viegas. She has been recruited and is now serving the body of Christ here at Pleasant Hill uh, as another wonderful blue jean angel. 
and uh, or, and she is an accomplished operator pilot on that orange excavator uh, you used yesterday. So there you go. I got I got blackmail pictures. And she always dresses up so cute. She comes in here all girly, and man, look out! <laughs> it was great. So we got blackmail pictures. Those are a couple of them are going in the. Uh, a family camp. Yeah. So it happens. It happens when you serve. You get, those are good pictures, okay? Here you go. That's for Give it up for Tanya. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. She's, she's, she's uh, uh, volunteered to uh, lend me her excavator. And I think that might be a little bit dangerous if you want to. I want to drive it. Well, remember, I keep telling Eric, I, oh, Eric's not here, but I break things. I'm not sure if Eric can fix that one. <laughs> right here, you go. Ken, the guys and I appreciate so much uh, your help and guidance. You kept us smiling all day working. That must be yesterday. So let's give it up to Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. There's a young man by the name of Daniel. That he's just a rock star, isn't he? He's great. So. Daniel, Freddie, Javier, and Wilbur. Wilbur, yes, yes, yes. Freddie's a great guy too. I mean, I I know them. So, uh, Jeff Trillinger, thank you for being willing to share your knowledge and expertise in any area. Cheerfully spending time and helping others. Whether spiritual or physical. Let's go for Mr. D. That's a sweet note. I don't know the handwriting. I've seen it, but I don't know the handwriting. Liberty, Pleasant Hill is so blessed to have you here. Your sweet spirit and loving heart is such a gift to so many. I'm thankful for you. Big heart. Let's give it up for Liberty. I might add to that, don't ever cross her in a game of, game of Uno. Man, talk about bitterness abounding. You know, talk about never forgetting a, a, a past, you know, grab four card multiplied by three. I'm not going to mention those things about anyone named Liberty. <laughs> Are you saying she's competitive? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Ken, <laughs> Ken, man, you are a, you are the rock star today. Ken, so thankful for you and all the ways you serve, encourage, and bless the body. We are so grateful you came to Oregon. Can I get an amen on that one? In fact, in fact, some of you may not know this, but the first experience Ken had here, he shows up the first Sunday, and man, we put him to work. I, mean, I could just tell. He's like, what? He's out pitching wood. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, Man, I do. That was a couple years ago. I have a, a picture of it on my phone with Jeff. Yeah, that was awesome. That was great. So you didn't know what you are getting into, but you found out pretty quick, didn't you? I did. <laughs> it was great. Well, praise God you're here. Praise God you're here. All right. So a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, the Family Fellowship Dinner is tonight. It's 5.30 at, at Tamra's. So she always puts out a great spread, big, long table, like the king's table. It's kind of cool, and I really like that, so we can all kind of crowd around. But uh, good stuff. Bring uh, your favorite entree and, and a little side. Uh, two weeks from now, 
June 4th. June 4th. Make note, gentlemen, June 4th. Uh, we need to have a, a quick 45-minute meeting, and I'm going to keep it to 45 minutes or less. Uh, just several things that we need to, to talk about in regards to things that are on the horizon. We're going to need some guys to step up and help coordinate and whatnot. And so uh, if you guys would be willing to set Sunday, June 4th, right after the assembly, uh, I'll get you out of here by 1.30 or sooner. Uh, I'll have everything kind of set up and ready to just get her done. That would be great. So June 4th, not this coming Sunday. That's Memorial Day, the one following. And then uh, G4 Summit's coming up August 3rd through 5th. And it looks like we might be having a, 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 a preacher come from Roanoke, Virginia, which, uh, and he's a good, good speaker. Can't wait. Uh, he's checking the airline prices and, and the dates. And then we're trying to get uh, a police officer from uh, South Carolina, uh, Myrtle Beach, to come out. Really super good guy. And so we'll make him preach up there. And then I'm going to drag him around some of the, the police agencies and show him off. And he's going to be helping put together protocols, uh, helping us, the Thin Blue Line Coalition, put protocols together for... Uh, public safety uh, agencies in relationship to if an officer uh, is killed in the line of duty. From what I've uh, heard, there really are no set protocols. So we're going to develop those with his help. He's to develop them for his agency because they had an officer down uh, three years ago. And so he's excited about sharing that. And he's willing to come and work with me to work with first Lane County uh, and then we'll offer it to other other agencies. And so it's exciting uh, what we are able to do. So uh, be great to, he's a great guy, Joey Starkey, good guy, and uh, hope he's able to make it. All right, any other announcements before we uh, begin? Were there any, were there any uh, weddings this, oh yeah, Kaikulas. I wish we had a song for anniversaries. So, happy anniversary, baby, got you on my mind. Yeah, right. Okay, remembering paradise, what a great time. So, uh, boy, that was weird. <laughs> that was just, that was so weird. That wasn't even on key, I'm sorry. Some of you don't even know that song, do you? How many know that song? Oh man, we're talking, this is aging everybody here. So, now, whether you're older or younger, that's, that's how that, dividing the crowd. So anyway, uh, moving right along, let's ask a word of blessing and, and move on. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much, dear Heavenly Father, for the, uh, the amazing, sweet freedom uh, that we have as Americans. Uh, it is really amazing, the temporal freedom, the temporal prosperity that we have as Americans is, is really unparalleled by any civil, civilization uh, in, in, in the past, uh, human history. And when I say that, uh, it's always because the amazing common man uh, or woman has the ability to create a great uh, temporal wealth. And it's because of our um, uh, Christian heritage, Judeo-Christian heritage. And we're deeply thankful, Father, for those freedoms and the blessings that it brings. Pray, Father, that you would help us to realize as Christians, uh, we have great opportunities here and that we, we do need to work to take advantage of those opportunities while we still have them. So we praise you and thank you for your word that we can preach it and teach it. And uh, I know that uh, you know, some folks have shared with me uh, confidentially 
that the challenges that they have with the scriptures that I teach. I just pray, Father, you'd help us to realize that the word of God uh, is a double-edged sword. It warns us as well as uh, rewards us. And uh, we just pray, Father, you'd help us to see that and embrace it, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's turn on our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 15, this morning. That's where we're going to start. Gospel of John in chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 18 uh, through 20. 18 through 20. Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. Uh, the, the header that I have there that you might have in your Bible, uh, Disciples' Relation to the World. The disciples' relation to the world. You might have that in yours as well. Many uh, Bible translators uh, basically purchase these segmenting uh, things. So, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Very interesting statement there about persecution. You know, Jesus Christ is the author and perfecter of our faith, amen? And so he's the lead. He shows us how to get it done. And the apostles followed his example. And they did that for us. Their example is what we can look to right now as written in the pages of the scriptures. But I want you to look at another one. I want you to turn to 1 Peter and chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And honestly, this is one of my favorite ones because this is an attitude, a mindset check that I need uh, pretty frequently. And again, the two gentlemen that came up and spoke during meditations spoke something very similar uh, to what we're about to read. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 uh, through 14. It says here, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you're blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. You know, as Americans, I, I, I think we've been spoiled. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay, that was not a quick amen on that one, but, you know, I take a look at when I was growing up, I, it was just absolutely amazing. I mean, I remember my mom letting us go play outside uh, with no fear. Whether we were living in town, and we lived in the city sometimes, and lived out in the country, no fear, absolutely none. They probably should have, if they would have known what we were up to, but, but they had no fear. They had no fear of evil people. They had no fear. And uh, so we'd be out being crazy all over the countryside. And then in town, 
Man, we are riding bicycles everywhere and terrorizing the neighbors. No fear. And uh, that's not necessarily the way it is today. And I think if, if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's a different time, different culture. Uh, things have changed. And so we need to recognize that because things have changed, we have to have a, a mindset change. We need to be more vigilant. Would you agree with that? More vigilant with our children, but I think more vigilant also about our faith and responsibility to really work to touch the lives of other people, regardless of how crazy it gets. I think Satan is deliberately attacking individuals and families for the express purpose of keeping us from really showing and proclaiming the truth of God. I believe that truly all the things that we see coming on the world right now is really to shut the church down, to put the church on its heels, and to put the church in silence mode. Well, the question is, is are we going to do that? So notice the title of the lesson this morning. Take a look at the very front page there. It says, uh, what is it? How to be courageous when facing the fear of persecution and suffering. That fear is real, by the way. We know that fear is real because we've read about it. The Apostle Paul having what? The, the sentence of death within himself. And then he said, for what reason that we would not trust ourselves but God? Now, I have to let you know, brethren, that I'm just going back and doing one or two sermons on each of the lessons that was done during family camp. And if you remember, those were sequentially ordered. And so you're going, good, we're going to get out of this crummy stuff soon. Actually, yes. Actually, before the end of June, we'll be transitioning to the good stuff. But you know what? Courage is so critically important. It was shared this morning, and I think, Eric, maybe it was you, that some of the challenges in your life really were a blessing because they helped us grow stronger. Did you share that? That is absolutely right. When we go through trials, the testing of our faith causes us to become stronger, better, or if we have the wrong mindset, bitter. But better is where we're supposed to be focused. So no matter what the challenge is, there could be these amazing rich blessings that come along with it. And so how to be courageous when facing the fear uh, of persecution and suffering. Might I add, when I looked up the definition of persecution, we have not experienced any of it in this country. When you look at the concept of persecution in the New Testament, and you look at what is being described as persecution, we have not experienced any of that. The suffering that Paul went through, the suffering that Peter went through, the suffering that Timothy went through, and by the way, there's several places where Timothy suffered. I haven't seen any of that. I don't know if any of you have seen any of that kind of horrific suffering. So we need to learn now. We need to start being vigilant now. 
We need to start being bold and courageous now. We need to learn to persevere now. Now, because you can't wait till things start going uh, crazier. The monkey cage gets crazier, right? I'll never forget that one. That was stuck in my brain. So let's take a look at point number one. Courage when facing persecution. Well, let's go back and take a look at this one in, in the Gospel of John in chapter 15. Everything in this life is a choice. We are going to be responsible or we are going to be reactive. You're either going to respond or you're going to react. And so I want to be responsive in a positive way and, and we can. So notice in verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. You have to make a choice. Here's the choice. Is it okay to be hated by the world? My choice is, yes, it's okay to be hated by the world. You say, well, I don't have a choice. Yes, you do. What other choice do you have? To be a friend of the world. To be loved by the world. Hey man, the world loves its own, doesn't it? Remember when, when you were a kid, your mom might have said, I just love the stuffing out of you. And it reminds me of loving a little pet with all, you know, a little pet monkey or a little pet uh, dog or whatever and loving the stuff out of it. Okay, that's pretty a lot of love, right? Or how about the new one? I love you to the moon and back. And then my wife would say, oh, I love you to the cosmos and back. I love you to eternity and back. Okay, but you know, the world loves its own to death and destruction. So you got to make a choice here, folks. The, the choice is we have to choose to be hated by the world. Because if you're hated by the world, guess who you look like? Guess who you act like? Guess who you are a son or daughter of? God. You say, well, I, I don't like that choice. There's really only two choices, right? You're either loved by the world or loved by God. Well, I'm going to choose to be loved by God. Now, how do you do that? Well, humble yourself and be obedient to his loving, kind, and gentle guidance. Believe it or not, God is that kind of God. Loving, gentle, encouraging, warning, sometimes disciplining. But you know, when you discipline your, your kids when you're wrestling, is it because you hate them or because you love them? Yeah, and you, you don't want them to lose. You want them to win. And you know when they win, they go, yeah, they get this great feeling about who they are and they can are invincible. That's God, man. That's how God is. And so the choice is, are you going to choose to be loved by the world or are you going to be choose to love by God? You really need to think about that. You know, when you go out after assembly today, are you going to choose to be hated by the world or loved by the world? You get to decide. I'm choosing to be hated by the world. Now, am I going out doing stuff? You know, deliberately, come on, bring it on. No, I'm not doing that. I'm just living for Jesus. And I'll tell you what, it'll catch up with you pretty quick when you live like Jesus. 
Because remember what he said, if they did it to me, they're going to what? Do it to you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So we need to be okay with that. In fact, look at, look at uh, wow, my computer does some weird things. I did not have two C's and a D on that baby. I don't know where it went. And that was not there when I saved it. So I, I got gremlins in my computer. Anyway, so the second, it's a choice there. Uh, take a look at Luke chapter 16. Uh, we're doing out of the, the Gospels pretty much. Luke chapter 16. And uh, one, one little passage there, verse 10 uh, through 13. He was faithful with a very little thing, is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing will be also unrighteous in much. Therefore, if you've been faithful in the use of, <coughs> excuse me, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will enter or who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of what is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Is it okay to be wealthy? Yes or no? Absolutely, positively. All hard work brings a profit. As I spoke in Virginia, God's a capitalist. He is. God's a capitalist. He's absolutely a capitalist. He's so antisocial. Well, socialistic, I should say. He's not antisocial. He can't stand communism. He can't stand socialism because it robs from the man or woman who's working hard to serve his family and families and serving others. And so we need to know that wealth's not the issue here. It is the love of stuff. So we got to make a decision. Are we going to love God or are we going to love stuff? Now, we have to live in a world that's filled with stuff and we need stuff. Can I get an amen on that one? And by the way, in this world, we need more stuff. Need. I think there's been a need created for smartphones because it seems like the population is getting dumber. I don't know. What do you think? So created in relationship to, no, I'm just kidding. I believe that the phones that we have are powerful tools to share the gospel worldwide. So I have one of these dudes in my car that I can, I can, magnetize my phone and put it right there so I'm driving down the road and uh, I shouldn't be telling this Brian I don't do this ever in Springfield ever driving down the road and I'm talking I'm talking with the gals over in Belarus whoa 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 wait a minute <laughs> okay excuse me ladies because you're going through intersections and stuff like that distracted driving it's hands free it's hands free baby okay, but it's not the not the unsubtracted driving. You can do that. That tool's powerful. I'm driving down the road. I get to a stop sign. I push the button and, and click over to somebody and say, hey, I'm running about five minutes late. Julie knows this one. It's like, oh, this is Bill's five minutes. I'm going to be late. Phone call, right? <laughs> but what am I trying to do? Be a man of integrity, let them know that I'm on their way. Don't, uh, don't leave without me. 
Uh, you know, if you want to make coffee, that's cool too. She makes great coffee. Those phones are powerful tools for righteousness. Actually, I've been able to accomplish more with that phone than without that phone. First time I called from Belarus back in 2000, I had to call on a landline. Do you realize how long it takes on a landline? Literally, a landline. It was a landline. There's a cord that attached to the hotel I was at all the way to our house. You're saying, no way. Back in the day, that's how it was. Do you remember when I'd call you? And it would be, Sharon. Sharon. And as soon as I paused and said something, she would say, Bill. And i go, what? And she'd go, What? And I'd wait and I'd go, Sharon, there'd be a pause, it's like, what? I mean, we spent, we must have spent at least a hundred dollars because we couldn't get the sequencing there, man. This phone is like instantaneous. You're there. They're talking when you're, it's amazing. It's a powerful tool. It's a need that the church should have to communicate the gospel. You know, if you can't be there in three-dimensional form, two-dimensional is really, really great. And we've been able to, to bring many people to Christ using it as a two-dimensional tool. It's powerful. So what I'm saying is this, is wealth is okay, but we need to remember that God's got to be number one. Now, the last choice we need to make here, the last choice, take a look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, I want you to read the secondary ones because I want to get done today before uh, your roast burns. 2 Timothy chapter 3, take a look there. Many of you know this one, but it's a powerful statement about our mindset, how we should view persecution. And uh, honestly, the scripture teaches that you should embrace it as something that is absolutely awesome because of who you are. Take a look. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. The Apostle Paul says, Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings, such as happened to be in Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions, uh, I, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord rescued me. I love that introduction to this last verse, verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Did you catch that? It says there in verse 12, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We've been blessed in this country. A lot of people have done lots of godly things, grown in their faith, <clears throat> grown in their faith, and we have not experienced persecution because our culture has for a long time been a, what's called the Judeo-Christian culture. The Western culture embraces God, embraces Jesus Christ, embraces the, the, the family unit, embraces the truth of husband and wife and how that works and father and mother and how that works. We've embraced that, but that is being attacked. How many of you realize the family is being attacked vehemently? The concept of one man, one woman, the concept of, of, of being a man and what that means, 
both physically and spiritually. Being a woman, what that means, both physically and spiritually, and how together God has created this great and powerful tool, family. It's being destroyed by the devil through the agencies of man. But we're continuing to communicate and preach and teach that truth. Amen? Heaven forbid if we stop teaching that truth. And when we stop teaching that truth, then the death of the Judeo-Christian culture rushes in a dark age. And so we need to continue to stand for the truth. And when you stand for the truth, what will happen? We will be persecuted. I looked up that word persecution. Here's what it says. Jesus makes it simple. The word persecution. If we're not of this world, if we choose to live for him, this means the world will hate us. Uh, the world will pursue, persecution means to pursue, to pursue, to harass, harm, and inflict pain and suffering. You're saying, so why should we want to be godly? You know why I want to be godly? I want to give an example for my sons. I want to give an example for those who love the truth of family, love the truth of marriage, love the truth of faithfulness, love the truth of raising up a godly offspring and seeing how they carry our faith, the one and true faith, into the future. There's power there. But there's also, as days get darker, there's going to be persecution and suffering. I want to be prepared. I do not want to be blindsided. And so there's, and I don't mean to say this, and I'm not being mean, but I'm concerned about churches that aren't communicating the, the what's really going on is all about spiritual power coming in to destroy the truth. We are the pillar and support of the truth. The, who, the one who is in me is greater than the one who's in the world. The person, the man, the Christ who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We do not need to be backstepping. We can step forward. You remember I shared this before. Offense is always better than defense. And so we need to recognize that and move forward. Now, I love the next statement. Turn, turn to the back page there. Courage when uh, facing suffering. I choose to be a child of God. I choose to be a son of the Most High God. I choose to be led by the Spirit. Again, I, I really do appreciate whenever you stand up here, Eric, uh, you really do an excellent job of bringing sometimes kind of complicated things. You boil it down to like these one sentence things and go, how come I never thought about that? I mean, I really appreciate how you do that. I'm a son of God. And because I'm a son of God, I am a co-heir with Christ. And because I'm a co-heir with Christ, I will suffer. So we should not be freaking out when that happens because that's what happens to sons of God. We've just been blessed because our culture has protected sons and daughters of God. 
That's when you hear the term cultural reset. They're not taking and adding better. They're not resetting it to better. They're resetting it to what they want, what the world wants. So, so please know it's better to know what's coming and prepare for it than to hunker in your bunker. And it's a choice. Or will you choose to be a son and daughter of God no matter what comes? Will you choose to remain faithful to dad? Actually, this passage says daddy. Will you choose to be faithful? Let's read. Look at verse 14. For all who are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Daddy, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're children of God and of children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed, if indeed <clears throat> we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. For I consider the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. Brethren, I don't know about you, but what's on the other side is so amazing. Mind cannot comprehend, ear is not heard, eye is not seen, the great things that God has for us. You know, hell and the lake of fire is quantified in the Bible, isn't it? Man, there's some very specific characteristics quantifiable heaven is so amazing that we can't fully grasp it you know what the word ecstasy means unsadly the druggies have stolen that word you know what ecstasy means not from the ugly standpoint it means something that's so beyond comprehension and yet we get to experience it that's what heaven's going to be like for eternity. You don't feel that down here very often, do you? There is one time in the human experience that the word ecstasy is actually experienced. I'm not going to share when that is, but it has to do with being married. That's the one time where you are so lost in the beauty of a relationship secured. Brethren, we need to recognize and understand that what God has provided for us is so much infinitely greater than whatever pain or suffering that we'll go through here. Jesus Christ was willing to bear all that pain so that you and I could experience heaven for eternity and the rich blessing of truth in our families and in our relationships now. I want you to look at the second choice. You choose to be a son of God. The second choice is found in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And this is a choice that's very important every single day of your life. And then you'll see why I share that. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 through 23. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example to follow in his footsteps. What's the example? The example is to suffer for other people. Why did he suffer for you? Because he wanted you in heaven. Why do we suffer for other people? Because we want them in heaven. Why do we strive to be good 
good people so other people will see us and be drawn to heaven. But let's read on. For you have been called for this purpose as Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, and while being reviled, he did not revile in return while suffering, he uttered no threats, but, here we go, kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Here's the choice, brethren. Will you entrust yourself to him in every life situation, or will you default to trusting self. I mean, you knew my sermon and you preached it already for me. So what are you going to choose? Are you going to entrust yourself to God no matter what happens? Or are you going to trust yourself? Are you going to choose to allow the world to hate you? Because you have chosen to love God? See, we have to make those choices right now. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delights. Have you really made that decision? Sold out. I have to be honest, I'm still working on it. You know why I read Psalms every day? Man, reading Psalms every day, man, I'm telling you what, I need that to be encouraged because the world by its very nature is death and destruction. You turn on the news, what can you expect? Today, a dog was rescued. Three people were saved. You know, really? When do they ever do tell you that stuff? They don't ever. See? Well, look at the next one. By the way, 1 Peter 4.19 is for you. In fact, let's do that real quick. It's just a page away. Look at chapter 4 and verse 19. Therefore, those who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. That's talking about us. We're following in the footsteps of Jesus. So we'll entrust our souls just like he entrusted his soul. We need to start doing that right now. So every decision, am I going to entrust myself to what God's word says or I'm going to do it on my own? Because when you practice, 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 practice makes permanent. When you practice, man, I'm trusting in what I got figured out here. When you practice, practice, practice that, when it comes to trusting God, what's going to happen? You're going to default to the old practice of trusting yourself. Finally, let's look at the last choice there. The last choice found in 1 Peter chapter 4. And then I'll conclude in 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 14. We read it, but once again, I love this passage. And it's a choice. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fire ideal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. And if you are reviled for the name of Christ, Christian, oh, you're a Christian? You are blessed because the spirit of glory in God rests on you. People can see you're a Christian. You don't have to say it, they know it. And they might revile you. I remember I was called prude twice by people at Springfield Greeters early on. When I wouldn't go out and party with them. It's like, 
Oh, really? Okay, whatever. That really made me feel bad. Okay. It didn't. Just didn't follow through. It's important for us to recognize in closing that our attitude during the time of suffering should increase in its positivity and its rejoicing and its thanksgiving. You know, Eric was right when he said, you know, it really is important to be thankful for what we have. Man, we have it so good right now. We turn on the news, we're, we're focusing in the wrong direction. There are many more blessings for us as Christians and for us as Americans. So many more blessings. So we'll use the time now to develop the right choice in following Christ in everything, entrusting yourself completely to him. When you go through struggles, when you go through trials, don't complain, rather rejoice in what you do have and the opportunities that you do have to live and serve like Christ. So let's close with a concluding comment. Focus should be on Christ first in everything, amen? Christ first in everything. Always trusting him in everything. Look at what 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 6 says. Therefore, after everything I've said, Peter, Peter says all this about suffering. He says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you, lift you up at the proper time, cast all your worries and anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be sober of spirit, being watchful, actually. That word means vigilant. Be sober of spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You think that's happening right now? The answer is, well, yes. But now read on. He says, but resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of grace will, now notice, after you suffered for how long? A little while. How long's a little while? Let's compare it to eternity. How long's a little while? Come on, help me out here. 20 years? That's nothing, man. That doesn't even, that doesn't even register in the scale of eternity. 20 years? Well, think about that. What are we comparing ourselves to? What are we comparing? See, we have to get this thing really dialed into our brains. He says here, for a little while, we may have suffered for a little while, God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. If you remain faithful, you'll make it through. God will make sure you make it through. But we are responsible, not reactive, a responsible party in this relationship with King Jesus. You got challenges in your life? So do I. We all do. But the reality is, will we entrust ourselves to Christ? Always looking to his word and putting him first. So I ask the question in closing. What's the choice? Be hated by the world or loved by the world? I choose Jesus. I choose to be hated by the world. 
You say, well, that's a dumb thing to say. No, it's not. It's probably the smartest thing you could say. I want to be loved by Jesus and I'm really okay with being hated by the world. Can we all say that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Holy Father, so much for the blessing of your word. I want to love you more than anyone or anything. No matter what may come. I know that we all live in a world that is temporary and passing away, but we know that eternity awaits us. In fact, we've begun living eternity right now. I pray that we wouldn't throw that away out of fear, but rather we would always look to you, the one who gives us great courage and strength to continue. Father, I ask this for all of us in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's all get up. Let's all get excited. <clears throat> what did Jesus say to do? He said to go. get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go get her done. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.